Welcome to Biennale to go, the podcast for the Biennale für aktuelle Fotografie 2022 in Mannheim, Ludwigshafen and Heidelberg. The individual episodes of this podcast are intended to offer the visitors the opportunity to engage with a range of works from the Biennale on their way between the six exhibition venues. This is because the length of the individual episodes depends on how one moves from one exhibition to the next, on foot, by bicycle, by public transport or by car. Both the artist and the curator will have their say. Have fun with it. Hello, everyone. Uh, right now, I'm sitting here with Magojata Stankiewicz, who is taking part of the Biennale 2022. Uh, uh, the name of the Biennale will be From Where I Stand. And we would like to invite the audience to take a walk with us, or however you're going to the next exhibition, uh, from Port 25 or Port uh, 25, to Kunsthalle Mannheim and if you go by bike it's going to take maybe 10 or 12 minutes so you um, you're going to visit the exhibition contested landscapes and right now I'm 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 read a, a, a quick quote of the concept of this exhibition and then we're going to start so the exhibition contested landscapes is dedicated to the ecological challenges facing the world today For centuries, imperialist and sen uh, capitalist aspirations have led to the exploitation of the earth. Nature is seen as a resource for economic growth. Its economic value outweighs the ecological value. But in the face of climate change, a rethink is needed. The question is how we can rebalance the relationship between humans and the environment to enable future generations to live more sustainably. So, hel hello, Malgojala. Hello. Uh, could you tell us who you are? Uh, so my name is Malgorzata Stankiewicz, um, and I am artist originally, uh, born and, um, raised in Poland. And, um, for the past 10 years, I have been living and working on and off in Switzerland. And my work, um, focuses mostly, mostly on addressing, um, environmental and ecological issues that we are facing, uh, right now. And also um, questioning the Western extractive um, viewpoint that the nature has been framed in. Okay, and um, in this exhibition, Contested Landscapes, which of your artistic works is part of this exhibition? Um, so, in the, at the Biennale 2022, I'll be presenting um, a body of work um, that I have not shown before. It's, um, it's a body of work that I have been working on for the past four, four and a half years. Um, and it um, speaks of the aquatic hypoxia in the Baltic Sea, which is um, the largest um, hypoxic. So hypoxia means um, um, when the, water, uh, the body of water um, becomes devoid of oxygen. And um, that happens in the Baltic Sea due to the extract to the um, extensive eutrophication uh, of the waters um, due to the agriculture um, um, activities that uh, happen in the surrounding countries um, and so that my work talks and explores this concept um, Baltic Sea is also where I come from so that's kind of all the more um, personal so to speak okay and how do you use photography in that case? So that's a really good question. Um, so when I first, I remember reading about um, 
reading about the, the hypoxia, or it's also known as dead zone. So the dead zone in the Baltic Sea, um, I remember being struck by how little I have heard about it before. And um, as I started, and, and therefore I, I became very interested in this topic, especially because it's an extremely serious um, topic. Um, and I, I've been researching and have trying to, I, I have also been collaborating with a marine scientist um, in Poland. Uh, and I, yeah, I've been wanting to, to photograph um, or convey the, uh, this, uh, this research uh, through a photographic medium. But then through my research and through especially my conversations with uh, Lech Kotwicki, who is the scientist who I have been collaborating with, um, I have come to realize that it won't really be possible because the um, aquatic, the hypoxic areas are submerged there in the water themselves. And so the only way that they ever make themselves known, so to speak, to, uh, to uh, visually is through the algal blooms. So perhaps you might have seen uh, every so often, I feel like kind of it, it came beca became kind of a seasonal news where every summer for for a number of weeks, there is a headline, you know, uh, with some um, satellite images of the ever expanding algal blooms. Um, mm -hmm. And so kind of that's when I... I still wanted to to really to to make a project and do research about this topic, but that's when I realized that um, perhaps working with the satellite images instead of making my own images uh, could be a way of um, visually conveying this um, this issue. So ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So when when I researched what you did before mm -hmm. and uh, found some works, they all looked like very mystical and um, I found a work called Lassen, is it correct? Mm -hmm. And um, is it similar to this work right now or is it completely different? Um, I feel like all my my work is always similar and completely different at the same time. Okay. I, I, um, I have um, created a body of work called Cry of an Echo prior to Lassen, which talked about the destruction of the Białowieża primeval forest in Poland, um, which was all um, black and white, but kind of with an experimental approach to um, analog printing process. And then Lassen, in a way, was completely different because it was in color and spoke more globally, didn't speak to a specific place. But at the same time, again, it kind of approached the printing process itself in this experimental way. So here again, um, the images, um, perhaps visually are maybe not exactly the same, but I, again, so, um, I wanted to, to approach the process itself, uh, in an experimental way. So while I realized, um, that I, that I would like to work, explore working with satellite images, I started thinking of how could I incorporate working with actually sourced images uh, within my practice? And because my practice relies so much on experimenting with the analog or traditional printing methods, um, I and at the same time, the algae uh, or the algal blooms themselves, they are formed by cyanobacteria. I started thinking, and at the same time, I've been thinking more and more of how my own process can be less impactful um, 
I started thinking of cyanotypes and working with the cyanotype process um, because it seemed to be fitting in, in many different ways to this project, also um, because of the tonality of, of cyanotypes. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have um, I have worked, I have images um, from NASA and from European Space Agency who allowed me to, to, to work with their image. Uh, which I have then converted to digital negatives. And then from the digital negatives, I actually make cyanotype prints on a fabric. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So, so again, it's, there's a lot of experimentation again, because it's an analog hand process. You know, there are a lot of, um, what could be considered as imperfections that happen, but they are very much welcome, um, in my practice. So in a sense, yeah. To answer your question in a roundabout way, I guess it's similar and different at the same time. Okay, so what are we going to see in this exhibition? We are, are we going to see cyanotypes? Yes. So, well, uh, this is uh, uh, another kind of uh, perhaps a longer um, <laughs> answer. So I've been working with cyanotypes and um, also while I was thinking of, of the medium itself, I started thinking of working on textile um, for multiple reasons. Also because I really wanted to emulate um, the kind of movement of the sea itself through the works. I wanted to create them large scale because I really wanted the viewer to be immersed in the work, just as these algal blooms are extremely vast, so much so that they're almost impossible for us to see, you know, uh, fully, which I think why also the problem becomes kind of so abstracted in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, while I was uh, preparing the, the, the printing process, the pandemic happened. And so um, a lot of material shortages um, um, kind of stalled my work for quite a, a longer period of time. In that time, I started, because I'm working on the, on the publication that will come out um, hopefully in May, um, and so I started making smaller cyanotypes, which I could make with the material that I had, mm -hmm. um, for the book. And then it happened that I was no longer able to, to uh, obtain the digital negative material big enough to make the fabric prints, uh, because the manufacturer, I don't know if due to pandemic, they've discontinued, um, that product. Yeah. So eventually, after kind of a lot of deliberation and research, I have um, found uh, a printer, a digital printer, uh, who works, again, in an environmentally conscious way um, with environmentally friendly print uh, inks, who actually is printing digitally printing my cyanotype, the smaller cyanotypes, onto the silk. Uh, so uh, In a larger scale. Right. So, so these are... Cyanotypes, as in these are images of cyanotypes, but yeah, the technique okay. itself is no longer cyanotype because I was unfortunately, at, at least at this moment, I'm unable okay. to, to do it in that way. Yeah. So we see large cyanotypes that are not cyanotypes, right. but they look like cyanotypes. Well, yeah, because essentially these are, these are images of cyanotypes just printed with a, yeah. with another method. Yes. Okay. That sounds very interesting, and I hope that the audience who's listening right now is going to Kunzalamanheim to uh, have a look at these cyanotypes that are not cyanotypes. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all. Thank you so much. Nothing.
Thanks, Mark Machado.